Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And we are continuing our journey uh, through the digestive system. Uh, in our last episode, we dealt with smelling food, tasting food, chewing food, getting food all wet and gross in your mouth so it may continue the journey. And so in this episode, we are, in fact, continuing the journey. Um, as you know, some of our series, we tell you, oh, make sure you go back and listen to part one and listen to part two. This one, uh, you can probably mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I think everyone knows that, yes, food needs to go through your mouth before it goes into your esophagus and stomach. Yeah, but what's so cool about that episode is that we learned about how your tongue is bathed in saliva, and the saliva really brings all those flavors to you, and that so much of our ability to smell something or detect a flavor has to do with the tongue, and that those are receptors in the back of our throat that are actually detecting that smell. So... Actually, I just gave it away, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of really cool stuff in that episode. So, yeah, you, you've gone through that uh, episode, hopefully, with us, and you were about to plunge down the gullet. Yes. And spelunk inside the yeah. stomach. And, and like last time, uh, we were uh, uh, inspired to do this one uh, a little bit by uh, Mary Roach's new book, Gulp, which I uh, highly recommend everyone uh, pick that up if you're at all into science, if you're at all into 
food and digestion into laughing or learning. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, we're really enjoying it. And also check out our interview with Mary Roach, uh, which uh, we'll have published by this time. Yeah, it's, it is great. As usual, she has so many interesting things to say. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this journey into the stomach. And uh, let's think about let's see, now, this now, previously, ride. Previously on Nose to Tail. Yes, previously. We, we smelled a haggis. We tasted a haggis. <laughs> we put a haggis in our mouth. Uh-huh. The haggis is then chewed as, as much as you can chew haggis. Uh, chewed up, we get saliva on there, we get various enzymes, and we have formed a what? What is this cargo? Bolus. The bolus. The bolus. And uh, just as a reminder, haggis is essentially like a turducken of organ meat uh, encased in sheep's stomach. Yes. Right. So all of that gets uh, you know chewed up in our mouth, and as you say, it becomes the bolus haggis. It's like a gross, mucousy, foody football that's about to be passed to the uh, the rest of the digestive system. That's right. What happens is that you get the swallow reflex, and it's activated, and the larynx elevates and closes to avoid portions of the food, bolus, bolus haggis, entering the trachea. Yeah, because that's bad. That's choking. That's uh, that's not being able to breathe. Yeah, big ball yeah. of organs uh, trying to go down your windpipe. Yeah. Bad, bad news. Yeah, and as Mary Roach points out, um, two of the bit bad ones to, to, to actually um, get down there, of course, are the grape and the hot dog. Slice oh, of hot dog right. on the grape, both just the right size to uh, to block your windpipe. Right, the goes down perfect the wrong way. circumference to mm-hmm. mimic the the circumference of your windpipe. So yes, that is why actually they say with with kids, toddlers to you know always cut up a hot dog or grapes. That's the very reason. Yeah, there you go. All right, so the bolus is entering this esophagus, and the esophagus I think is, is wonderful because it really is the beginning of this long tube in, of your digestive system. Because if you think about this, it really is a tube from your mouth to your anus. Mm-hmm. It's just um, in different types of sculptures along the way. Yeah, it's like one long winding hallway through a house. The decorations change, the <laughs> the carpeting changes, but uh, but ultimately it's the same pathway. Right, and for this pathway, it's a pretty straight shoot. We're talking about eight inches here, um, and it does have two parts. There's the upper esophageal sphincter, mm-hmm. that's the UES, and that is under our conscious control, right? So that is uh, helping us to eat, to breathe, to belch, and to even vomit when we need to. Mm-hmm. And it is essentially keeping food from going down the wrong pipe, right? That the upper part of our esophagus. Now the lower part is involuntary. And its muscles are kind of like the doorman to the stomach, making sure that acid and food don't travel backwards into the esophagus. Yes, that's bad. Though that does happen, of course. And sometimes it's important that it happens in the case of regurgitation. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing about the esophagus is it's essentially uh, made up of these muscles that are easing the food downward, especially in the process of peristalsis. Yes, peristalsis. It's kind of... um uh, like I, I can't help but think of like a, a snake eating something, mm-hmm. or um, or when you when you accidentally put your hoodie in the uh, washer and dryer without uh, tying up the cords, and the cord comes out, and then you have to carefully like work it through the hood again. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of like gradual process, right? Yeah, it's brrr. smooth muscle movement. And it is sort of like you think about a worm or a snake, mm-hmm. sort of just sort of moving along. And now peristalsis begins in the esophagus and it goes all the way to the anus, right? So this is a movement um, that 
really does kind of usher your food from one station to another. And when we talk about the esophagus, uh, the movement is initiated by circular smooth muscles contracting behind the chewed food. And then it's followed by a contraction of longitudinal smooth muscles, which pushes the digested food forward or down. So you could do a cartwheel and you could be digesting and it would still move your food in the correct direction because it is... uh, it is the, those muscles that are really making sure that food is going down, uh, not necessarily gravity. Right. Now, we're still in the upper esophagus at this point, right? And now this is, the, this is the area where everything's still under conscious control for the most part. We're still more or less in charge of the food movement. But when we get mm-hmm. into the lower esophagus, that's where it becomes more of a subconscious movement. It's no longer really our affair what's going on with the food. It's, it's been passed on to a different division. That's right. Um, I mean, it's all in preparation for shooting it into the stomach, right? Right. Into the big vat of acid. And I did want to interject something here, that when it does, when that bolus lands in that big vat of acid, we get uh, these noises gurgling from our stomach. (laughs) Yes. And there's an actual name for these noises. This was new to me. This was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. This is a a bit of onomatopoeia going on. Mm -hmm. The the word is borborogimi. Because so, it sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah, if you slow it, it is down. What it sounds like. Or both, really. Yeah, if you yeah. slow it down, it's that. Like, doesn't that sound like my stomach just. It, it does sound like, like stomach. That's had a bit generally the kind of gurgly noise that, that, that generally makes itself heard during uh, the quiet parts of movies or on dates or uh, in waiting rooms. Uh, anywhere where it's nice and quiet and, and your digestive system is reminding you that even though you were taking it easy, it's uh, it's work time downstairs. That, that is exactly. It's kind of like the digestive system's work song, yeah. like whistle your while you work song. It's like, hey, this is going on, me or something like that. Sometimes um, the the cat sits on my shoulder. Yeah. And, uh, the other day she was doing it, and I could hear the uh, the sound of her digestion. It was just like. Yeah, yeah, I've heard my cats as well, yeah. and you know like he's he's, the ocean. he's a giant cat by the way. He eats a lot. <laughs> um, he's a twenty-six pound cat, so you can really hear his digestion, and he snores too, and sneezes. Um, so the the interesting thing about the bogorigimi is that it's the gas in the air that's trapped in what we are now calling chyme, formerly the bolus. Okay, now it's like a, now that the the slurry ball has become just this slurry highway of goo called the chyme. Yeah, the chyme is just it, it, we've changed names here because we've put more additives in it, right? Mm-hmm. We we have added some gastric juices to the mix, and so it's that that um, gas and air that's trapped in the chyme that is making those noises. And if your stomach or your small intestine is relatively empty. Uh, it's going to make louder noises. So Jessica Toothman has a great article on our website about this, and she likened it to when you put shoes in a dryer. And you can hear, because <laughs> there's just one thing, right? It's just uh-huh. the shoes in a dryer, and it's just boom, boom, around in the dryer. But if you put a bunch of towels in there, then it would muffle the sound. Oh, okay. So that is why uh, sometimes your borbo regimi is louder than other times. It all comes back around to washing machines. It really does, right? We talked about this last time, about Mm -hmm. how the saliva is essentially a detergent, the enzymes in it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We have have delivered you to the stomach, and there's a lot more to come as we discuss what actually goes on in the stomach. This is kind of the the main stage, really. So, uh, of course, we're going to talk some more about the, the stomach activity. But first, a quick break, and then we're back. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. 
Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back, and we are in the belly of the beast. We are in the belly. Um, and again, I just I, anytime I think about like stomach activity, I always go back to the movie Inner Space, the climactic battle in Martin Short's stomach between mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, the bad guy inside of a little robot submarine dude, and then the good guy who was oh, who was it uh, Dennis Quaid. And they're like duking it out, and then the bad guy gets out of his uh, he, like his submarine gets partially destroyed. So he's like trying to drill into Dennis Quaid's submarine, uh-huh. and then uh, all the stomach acid comes up and just dissolves him down to a skeleton there on the on the uh, on, on the front of uh, the submarine. You know, you have just described really this sieve theory. Yeah, that we'll get to in a moment, and, and it's about beneficial bacteria. And get rid bad. of the bad guys mm-hmm. and allow the good guys like like uh, Dennis Quaid to potentially continue the journey through the body. Man, that totally should have been in this paper that was published yeah. <laughs> about sieve theory. Um, but yeah, let's talk about how this plop of chyme enters into the stomach chamber. And there is another set of digestive glands in the stomach lining. The first one that we met in the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your saliva there. Um, this next set of digestive glands is producing stomach acid and enzymes that yeah. further... Uh, break this stuff down. Yeah, and this is more hardcore for sure. Now, I don't know if it's dissolving bodies to skeleton in a matter of seconds <laughs> um, powerful because uh, there's a part in Mary Roach's book, Gulp, where she actually has uh, some uh, some some uh, stomach acid put on her, uh, her skin because mm-hmm. she wants to feel what it might be like. And it's, it's a very, it's not an immediate um, burning sensation. It doesn't like eat through her arm like uh, xenomorph blood or anything. It's, uh, it's, it's not at that potent. Now it's potent. It's acid, but uh, but there's nothing just crazy about it. It's not like sulfuric acid or something. Yeah, but it's uh, it should be noted that the major components of gastric juices are mucus, yes, pepsin, and hydrochloric acid. Yes. And on the pH scale, uh, humans actually have an acid level of two. Now the lower the level, then the higher that the actual acid um, of the stomach. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty acidic. It's pretty acidic, but not but but again, not like crazy sci-fi movie acidic necessarily. Yes, you're, that's right, that's right. But it does the job, and yes. so it's especially when you come to something like the sieve theory, and the idea is that the stomach isn't just there as a holding pattern for your food and to make it a little bit mushier and and to mm-hmm. get it even more further broken down. Although it does that. The theory is that the, the stomach is also there to weed out the good microbes versus the bad microbes. And Scientific American blogger Rob Dunn actually found an interesting study from 1948 by Dr. Orla Jensen. Uh, she was a retired professor from the Royal Danish Technical College. And in the study, Orla Jensen posits that the stomach um, isn't just that blender, but it really is doing this job of weeding out the bacteria. Because, again, as we've discussed in past podcasts, the body is loaded with microbes. We are just a big hotel 
full yes. of things. And, 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 and the microbes living in my body aren't exactly the same. It's not exactly the same po- uh, population as you have, as mm-hmm. the next person has. Uh, but that being said, uh, there's, a, there's some, an order here. Uh, and uh, not everyone that lives on the, uh, the 10th and 11th floor are allowed to go up to the penthouse or down to the penthouse in this environment. It's true. It's true. And then you have to consider something like our friend the vulture, which we've talked about before, and its pH level. Yes. Because we've talked about pathogens like anthrax right. actually being present in, in the feces of this bird, and this idea that that stomach acid could actually render it harmless. Yeah, because they're eating some pretty nasty stuff. And uh, and again, it's, it's all right. It comes into the mouth, fine. It comes in the esophagus, fine. But in the stomach, that's where this is where it ends. <laughs> that's where it has to be uh, nullified to continue. Now, Orla Jensen knew that the human stomach, um, the pH levels in it, actually increases with age, meaning it becomes less acidic. And she also noted that this effect is really acute in people who are over 70 years of age. So she predicted that the stomach's effectiveness as a killer of bad microbes might be compromised as we get older. And this is one of the reasons that diseases take us over at at, uh, older ages, right? So she tested this by culturing bacteria that her and her team had collected from fecal samples of 90 humans. Uh, one-third of whom were between the ages of 30 and 40, and two-thirds who were over the age of 70. They then compared the microbes found in the samples from these different age groups. So let me just kind of go through what they found here, because it really is interesting. Nine percent of the individuals over 70 had more than a million cells of bad news clostridium bacteria per gram of feces. We've talked about that before. That is a real can be a permanent game changer for people in terms of their quality of life and sometimes the length of their life. None of the 30 to 40-year-olds had this, okay? What was more, a third of the individuals over 70 had more than a billion cells per gram of feces of the oral bacteria Streptococcus salivarius. And again, none of the 30 to 40-year-olds did. So Dunn says, well, were these pathogenic and oral bacteria doing well enough to actually compromise the success of good bacteria in the gut? Yes, this is true. It did. While all the 30 to 40-year-olds had at least a million cells of the good gut bacteria, uh, less than half of the individuals over 70 did. So what this is painting, the story, is that our health is directly related to the microbes in our gut and our stomach is maintaining this community of bacteria. The older you get, the the less able you are to sort it, to sieve it. And that's where this this idea of microbe sieve theory comes into play. See, that's interesting because essentially the older stomach uh, is uh, is less uh, scrutinizing when it comes to uh, who should be let into the trust zone of the uh, of the intestines, uh, and uh, and it, it kind of parallels these studies you see about how how older individuals are more likely to uh, be taken by con men because they're uh, in, because it, there's a certain amount of trust that's uh, that's greater in uh, so many of these older individuals. You know what's really interesting about that analogy is that the guts of those people who were 70 year olds and had dementia mm-hmm. were actually in, in worse shape than any of the participants. Huh. So it's a little bit like you wonder if the if the dementia is at play here in terms of communicating with the body to, to try to weed out those microbes. Oh, that's a fascinating idea. I had never never really thought about that. Yeah. Like dementia not only of the the conscious mind but of uh subconscious processes. Huh. Yeah. Uh so it makes me think again of the bearded one, Aubrey yes. de Grey. 
and this ability to get uh, to the disease before it happens. So do we alter our pH levels in our stomachs as we get older? Can we do that? Yeah, I say go for it. It's a good bit of uh, yeah. information, I think, to consider. Yeah, because um, again, it's his whole thing is let's figure out. Like, we, we can't defeat death itself, his self, herself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's too intimidating. But if you break it down into a whole uh, list of individual achievable goals, mm-hmm. then maybe you can do something. Right. Like, and okay, let's, here's the stomach. Let's, uh, let's try to battle it this way. Yeah. Because the idea here is that the human body is like a car <laughs> and it has yeah. all these parts. Certain parts give out. Uh, and then you reach the point where a whole bunch of parts are giving out and then the thing just falls apart on the highway. But if we can maintain these various parts, then, uh, then maybe the, the car will hold up longer uh, than it has been. Indeed. And I think that this study that uh, Rob Dunn brought up in the Scientific American article is just really interesting because it's kind of hit its time. In 1948, it was sort of sitting there, and it's an interesting bit of information. But mm-hmm. now that we have the understanding that we have of microbes, it's sort of poised to, to change the landscape of how we deal with microbes, good and bad. Now, back to the car analogy for a second. Um, you know, I, I do not know much about cars. So when I open the hood uh, of a car, I look in there, and I tend to trust that everything in there is important and that I shouldn't just go in and rip something out and expect the car to work fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, I, I, I know a little more, <laughs> I, well, I, I, I know a, a bit more about the human body uh, than about the inside of the car, and I still generally ascribe to the notion that if it's in there, it probably needs to be. Um, and if it doesn't need to be in there any longer, then my body may let me know about it. Mm-hmm. But as uh, we're about to discuss, um, sometimes things you know, th- things can disappear from the body, and uh, and the body will continue to work just fine. And, and I mean that's a bit of a, an overstatement of the obvious. Obviously, people um, in, in many cases have had have lost an organ or two. Mm-hmm. They've had it replaced with uh, with an artificial, with a transplant, etc. Uh, but I, I really had not thought long and hard about the, the fact that you can remove the stomach from a human being, fix them back up, and the body can more or less adapt just fine. Right, which is, I think, a surprise because the gut seems so central to the food processing part, right? But what we have found is that there's something called a, a gastrectomy, and this is a medical procedure that involves surgically removing all or part of the stomach. So yes. if you remove pretty much all the stomach, then you would just... Uh, really make the cut in the abdomen and then you would reconnect it essentially to the esophagus. So your yeah. esophagus and then your small intestine. Yeah. Meet each it, other, say hello. And, and as I'm reading, and, and I should, I should know that, the, you know, first of all, I don't, I, I don't have any personal connection with anyone who's uh, received this, uh, this procedure. And I know from the research that it can, it can be a huge adjustment to be, to, to make in your life. Years long. Yeah. Years long. And it's no, you know, it's nothing to, nothing to, to giggle at. It's nothing to take lightly. Uh, but that being said, the procedure itself, like in a detached way, is is just very fascinating because there's something kind of almost do-it-yourself-ish about the idea of taking something as complex as the human body and saying, like, all right, part A connects to part B connects mm-hmm. to part C. If I take part B out, can't I just connect A and C and everything will work just fine? And if you, you presented that to me, I would say, God, no, don't, don't connect A and C. But... Um, but I'm seeing this in here. IKEA directions. Yeah, by the way. exactly. It's like you wouldn't do that with IKEA and, and expect your bookcase to, to hold up. But the body is uh, 
surprise, surprise, uh, far more durable than an IKEA bookshelf. Yeah, and if you have gastric cancer uh, and you don't have many options in front of you, then yeah. you're going to opt for the surgery. Or if you are someone who tests positive for carrying the E. catherine gene, which is a rare gastric cancer, it's a way of heading off the disease at the pass, right? Because if you have five people in your family who have this rare type of gastric cancer, and you think that, and you've tested positive for this gene, you think you might be next, well, then you might take, as you say, things into your own hands and make this decision. Yes. Though, get someone else to do the surgery, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that part, yeah. Uh, so, essentially, in the, in the case of like a full stomach removal, you're talking about the esophagus mm-hmm. being connected directly to the small bowel. Mm-hmm. So, an entire, and a, a shortcut, if you will, an entire road of the highway has been removed and then hooked up. Right, and it has parallels to gastric bypass, right, mm-hmm. which is when you take uh, a bit of the stomach and you tie it off and you make the stomach smaller so that the person is able or not able to digest as much food and therefore lose weight. And it's right. really something that's very helpful for obesity. But it's the same idea is that you, you adapt to it and eventually, you know, those teaspoons of food that you have become a little bit fuller. Now, someone who has gastric uh, bypass or a gastrectomy, they're not necessarily going to be able to eat like you know a whole pizza. Yeah, it's going to. My understanding is it's going to be a lot more like smaller meals uh, mm-hmm. consumed throughout the day. Uh, but the body is going to adapt and be able to absorb nutrients uh, pretty steadily. The, about the only the only thing the only standout um, here is uh, is when it comes to B12. Uh, right. The stomach controls the absorption of uh, of vitamin B12, so regular injections of that particular vitamin are, are going to be necessary. And then there's a the question too, I suppose. Um, longer down the road is what what does your microbe colony look like yes. with the absence of the stomach doing the sorting how much of that matters before it actually gets to the the true digestive process in the small intestines and the large intestine now in, of course you, your diet's going to change also in, in other ways for instance um you, you know, you're going to eat most normal foods but there are some things like uh like sweet corn for instance they need uh, additional softening by acids in the stomach. And, you know, as we all know, even that's not necessarily enough to get the job done. Uh, so if you have had your stomach removed, you may need to skip those particular uh, foods. Uh, and then this was uh, extra fascinating as well. Um, I read that in time, pouch actually forms in the small intestines that uh, is essentially for food storage uh, a little longer as it continues on this journey. So, Isn't it amazing? Yeah. So it, it, creates, it still creates a little refrigerator in there. Uh, to try to store your food. Yeah, it's almost like it your body saying, "Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, here, I'm going to just I'll put some extra room here." I'll you give know? you a mini fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, again, it's just it's a testament to the durability of the human body and uh, and its ability to to cope with uh, with really catastrophic changes to its uh, to its systems. So we we were hearing about um, the stomach and how wondrous it is, and then you start to think about hydrochloric acid. Yes. And Mm -hmm. all of these wonderful ingredients that are corrosive, right? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So the question, of course, that comes up, and that was covered in Gulp by Mary Roach, is, well, why doesn't the stomach digest itself anyway? Yeah. It's got all the ingredients, right? Yes, it does. And uh, so stomach versus stomach, what's happening? Well, uh, <laughs> as she, as she uh, I believe, pointed out in our interview, the thing is that your your stomach is digesting itself to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not like you oh here's your you know your stomach is constantly reconstituting itself. It's constantly rebuilding your, itself. Just like our bodies are constantly mm-hmm. wearing away and rebuilding. That's uh, right. Dead cells are replaced by new cells. Yeah, yeah. Every time you go to the grocery store, as I said before, you are buying the things you're going to build your new body out of. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, the 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 acid in the stomach is breaking down the lining, but then it is it is building back up. 
And uh, as uh, as Mary Roach points out in her book, what happens when everything shuts down? Well, then the stomach does digest itself a bit. Well, and that's the, that's the only time truly that the stomach would digest yeah. itself, right? So if you were eating that haggis, right? Yes. And the body shut itself down. And it also shut down this ability to line the, the cells of the stomach with mucus, right. which is protecting the, the stomach from the acid. That function stops, but the acid is still there, right? That yeah. pH level is still there. The haggis is there. It's just going to keep doing its job. It's going to continue to eat the haggis, it's gonna, and it's going to continue to eat the stomach lining without it being built back up again, without any kind of renewal going on. So that's cheery. Yeah, but I mean, really, I mean, once the body shuts down, uh, everything's going to pot anyway. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So what else you got? What else you got on the uh, the stomach? I mean, clearly there's. There's a lot. We could probably go all day with various uh, tidbits. But. Well, you're probably wondering what foods that I eat on a regular basis turn into poop at what rate. Yeah. Right. Because you want it to turn into poop. Because if you, you know, you don't want to see the meal come out as it was. Because that's a bad sign. No. Yeah. That really is a bad sign. Yeah. And, and it ultimately means you didn't get your money's worth out of the, the food either. You should take yeah. that back to the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> get a refund. Get a refund on all undigested portions of the meal. Yeah. All right, I cribbed this from How Digestion Works on HowStuffWorks.com. And bananas, four hours. Huh. Four hours, uh, four minus tea to poop time. And bowl of cereal, again, four hours. Hot dog, only seven hours. Hmm. Uh, red meat, 12 hours. And trick question, gum, what do you think it is? Um, I heard that it lasts forever inside you in a ball of accumulating gum. That's right. It's never. Really? Yeah. Well, not, not, a, not accumulating. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't get digested. It just huh. kind of, it just comes out with the rest of that stuff. See, yeah, don't swallow your gum. There's just no need. I mean, don't spit it somewhere, but. And I was going to say, you could say that to kids as a, as a way to deter them from it, but then they'll just be like, that's so cool. I would love to see that come out in oh, my poop. That's, that's right. They're, kids, they love it. Weird they love like the that, poop. Yeah. So there's the scoop on the poop. <laughs> the scoop on the poop. Yeah, uh, now, Mary Roach's book, Gulp, uh, spends a lot of time with the the stomach, and there are a number of, of tidbits. Uh, one of the ones that, that that I keep coming back to, and I'm probably stealing from the, the podcast we're going to record next, but uh, there are regurgitation artists who uh, would swallow a live frog with a certain amount of water, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, within the right before the act, right before they went on stage. And then when they're, when they're on stage, they... Uh, they make themselves throw up, and lo and behold, out comes a bunch of water and a live frog. I found that amazing. Because the frog breathes through its skin, mm-hmm. through, it breathes through the water, so you're, you're, you're giving it just enough uh, uh, survival equipment to last a little bit inside uh, the stomach. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, kids, don't try that at home. Don't, yeah, don't try that. Adults, there's your next cocktail party trick. Yes. <laughs> you start with the smallest frog, you know. That's sensible. But not one that's brightly colored. Yes, don't don't go for the brightly not, colored. Not the terrellibus. That's probably the most potently poisonous frog out there. All right, well, on that note, let's call over the robot and uh, get a little bit of listener mail. All right, this one comes to us from Michael. Michael writes in and says, I was just listening to the Lucid Dreaming episode, and Robert mentioned that he had dreamed up a really cool game. Uh, he's referring to the fact that I had a, a dream in which I was playing a card game that did not exist. Um, and he says, I was wondering if you had ever heard of Game Crafter. It is a print-on-demand service for board games, so you could have them made up for you. 
Well, there you go. And, uh, and then he adds, anyway, I'm a pretty new fan of the show and have been listening to the episodes this past week. I love it because it has the fun of chatting with friends in the middle of the night with the added bonus uh, that you guys really know what you're talking about. Thanks, Michael. He doesn't even know. That's so cool. He doesn't even know that we do this in a tent with a flashlight. Yeah. But no, no, I, I, I love what he's, uh, he's saying there because it does, like some of the topics we cover and, uh, you know, it reminds me of... of of like being uh, in middle school mm-hmm. and younger, going to scout camp, and you know we're sitting there in our tents. It's night. The the, the the lights are out, and we're talking about like the cosmos. We're talking about something. You know, getting into that sort of middle school area of you know uh, cosmology and psychology and philosophy. You know, ultimately like going up to the edge of human understanding as we perceived it in those days, and trying to figure out what uh, exists beyond us. And then all of a sudden. You hear me <laughs> exactly. So cool. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Michael. Um, pull out another one here from the robot's uh, basket. Oh, he has a basket now. But today he has a basket. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. If something's broken or if he's just being stylish. I think he 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 wove that basket. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very very seasonal. All right, we heard from Jared. Jared writes in and says, I'm listening to your podcast on multitasking, and I always thought that drummers were multitasking as they played, playing four different beats at the same time and making them all sound good together while keeping a steady time signature and making sure you're playing along with other members in the band seems like doing multiple things at once. Would you say that it's more uh, likely that drummers are really good at switching focus quickly and relying on muscle memory for the rest? Um, I've also read that playing a drum set forces you to use both hemispheres of your brain at the same time. Uh, any feedback you have would be greatly appreciated. I've always been extremely curious about what happens in the brain during this particular task because not only is it a, is it a lot of fun, great cardio, and a great attractor of the fe- of the female persuasion, but it's uh, it really has been therapeutic uh, throughout some of the more stressful times in my life. Thanks, Jared. Well, uh, that's an interesting uh, thought they, they, about drummers as multitaskers. I, I'm sure we have some some other drummers out there listening, so I would love to hear um, hear their feedback on it. Because yeah, there's a there's a lot going on, especially when you look at the big uh, like crazy drum sets where there's just you know there's like a gong and there you know all sorts of stuff going on there. Now, my brother's in a band, and he says he claims that all drummers are eccentrics and extroverts. Huh. No, this is totally unscientific. That's why they stick and, them in the back. Yes, right. And anecdotal. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of flair going on with the sticks. There is. There's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of movement, a lot of just you know waving your hands about. And you you do think about some of the more famous drummers, and they do kind of seem like wild men. Uh, Larger than life. Yeah, you know, Mick Fleetwood comes to mind. Is you know just you know Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I had to say his name like that. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, if, if any drummers out there, please let us know if that is true or not, although it still remains anecdotal, unscientific. Uh, well, here's another one. This one comes to us from Eric, and uh, he is uh, responding to our episode on objects and our love of objects and lucky charms and whatnot. And he says, uh, I love the Lucky Charms podcast. When I was in high school, a basketball player got into his head that his socks were lucky. He refused to wash them, and by the end of the season, they were very rancid. Uh, with his help, the team made the state championships. I don't know if uh, it was in a playoff game or the last game of the season, but near the end, he developed a blister due to his dirty socks. The blister festered, and he developed blood poisoning. He spent the championship game in the hospital near death and with the doctors arguing whether to amputate or not. Oh. Uh, he did keep his leg and made a full recovery, fortunately, but he missed the big game. Uh, after that, the coach forced all the boys to wash their socks. 
Wow, that is a dark turn for the lucky socks there. I wonder if they were destroyed, if they were, or they were like put away, like uh, in that same storage facility where they put the Ark of the Covenant. You know, like it's a a potent lucky charm, but it's too dangerous for human use. Right, and if it were to be excavated and and the container opened, then all like high school basketball teams would suddenly fail. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the reek of the sock would emanate. All right. Well, if the rest of you have something you would like to add about rancid socks, about lucky charms, about drummers who are multitasking, or more to the point of this podcast, about the stomach, about the esophagus, uh, do you have any crazy tales of uh, loud, uh, what is it, Berbergivi? Borborgivi. Borborgivi. If you have stories of this and, uh, and and times when your stomach has been talking to you, uh, when you would rather it remain silent, we would love to hear about it. And certainly, if anyone has experience with gastric bypass or, or uh, any uh, type of uh, stomach surgery and would like to share that, either accredited or anonymously, or if you just want to share it with us and just you know tell us don't you know read it on the air or whatever, we we'd love to hear your perspective on all of this because, like I said, it's fascinating for us, but uh, it's always interesting to to hear what you guys and gals have to share about your personal experiences uh, with the things we talk about so you want to get in touch with us well there are many ways to do it you can find us on facebook you can find us on tumblr we are stuff to blow your mind on both of those um we have a twitter account uh blow the mind uh and also you can find us at our very own website www.stufftoblowyourmind.com that's right where we are also putting out some videos on uh, some related topics so check that out and you can always send us a line at blow the mind at discovery.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 